You are listening to The Bible Breakthrough with Pastor David Engman and Scott Brecky. In this study, we will break down the Bible from B.C. to A.D. chronologically while offering historical context and real-life application for today. This series is brought to you by the Breakthrough Media Network. Hi, my name is Pastor Dave, and I want to welcome you to the Bible Breakthrough and take this opportunity to thank you for listening to this production. At the start of every era and whenever a new book of Scripture is introduced, I want to produce an episode like this one. The goal is really threefold. Number one, I want to help you understand how to support the important work and in so doing save vital time during the Bible Breakthrough reading and discussion episodes, which are roughly about 20 minutes each. Second reason is to provide an overview at the start of each era, and number three, to provide context of what we're going to be studying during the era that we're focusing on. All right, uh, support. I want you to know that the Bible Breakthrough is a production of the Breakthrough Media Network, which is completely funded by, by Breakthrough Ministries. Breakthrough Ministries is a nonprofit, faith-funded Christian outreach organization that is absolutely committed to reaching the lost. Jesus left all of us, all of his followers, with the charge to make him known to all nations. Consider the significance of the following statement here. Working together as the body of Christ, those who take the message of Christ where it is needed, and those like you who send the messengers, both receive the blessings of joining God in his work around the world. Please click on the donation link in the description notes of this episode to support the work of this ministry. One-time gifts are needed and absolutely appreciated. However, Breakthrough is asking that you consider becoming a committed monthly supporter. Regardless, our God is sovereign and He owns everything. So pray and ask God if He wants you to support this work. Of course, any and all donations are tax deductible. Okay. Today I'm going to set up and discuss the first era called Beginnings. Now here's the outline. I'll provide an overview of this era, bringing clarity through context, discuss the mega-themes, and finally discuss what we can expect to glean from the book of Genesis. So let's get started with the overview of the book of Genesis. Now every story has a beginning, and so does the greatest story ever told, his story. The Bible begins with God. Think about this. At the very beginning of this story, God created the universe and He put everything in order, forming all the planets, stars, and galaxies, and He set them in motion. On earth, He created abundant varieties of living creatures and He made the crown of His creation in His own image, humans. Creation isn't the only beginning recorded in the Bible, though. There is also a more tragic story of the beginnings of sin and death. Adam and Eve, the humans whom God placed over His creation, were without sin until they chose to disobey Him. It is then that we learn about sin and its destructive power and its bitter consequences. This tragedy soon led to others, such as Cain murdering his brother Abel in a jealous rage. Ultimately, sin became so rampant and pervasive that God decided to begin once again. Now at that time, there was only one righteous man left on earth, a man named Noah, and God chose him to be the patriarch of a fresh beginning for humanity. But even Noah was vulnerable to sin, and his descendants show us that the sin problem was still very real and in need of a solution. 
So was God going, what was God going to do? Did he, did he have a plan to rescue and save humanity? As we come to Abraham on the plains of Canaan, we discover the beginning of God's covenant people that will become a nation. And here we begin to get a glimpse of his plan of salvation. We learn that salvation comes by faith and that Abraham's descendants will be God's people. And the Savior of the world will come through this chosen nation. We read the stories of Isaac and Jacob and Joseph that follow, and we recognize that they're more than just interesting biographies. They actually emphasize the promises of God and the proof that He's faithful. The people that we meet in Genesis are simple. They're ordinary people, yet through them, God did great things. These are vivid pictures of how God can and does use all kinds of people to accomplish His good purposes, even people like you. Let's provide some context. The entire era of beginnings focuses on the book of Genesis. Now this book was written by Moses and his audience was the people of Israel. He wrote this book to record God's creation of the world and his desire to have people worship him. Moses probably wrote this book 3,470 plus years ago during the years of Israel's wandering, sometime between 1450 and 1410 BC. More than likely, he wrote the book while he was in the Sinai Peninsula, which is northern Egypt today. Now, according to the Bible, creation occurred over a literal six-day period, approximately 6,000 years ago. To keep things in perspective, the pyramids of Egypt were actually constructed in 2630 BC, which is about 4,050 some odd years ago. We know that approximately 920 years after the pyramids were built, that Moses wrote the book of Genesis. That means that of the 6,000 years or so since creation, we have some type of written documentation to account for almost two-thirds of all history. What we need here is a saving faith. You need a saving faith to believe that the Bible is the starting point and the absolute authority in all matters. If you can muster enough faith to simply believe that, as truth, trust me, God will do the rest. Unfortunately, those who reject God and His authority, they pay a horrible price. Now, the book of Genesis contains seven megathemes. I'm going to go through each one of these briefly. The first one is called Beginnings, which is the name of the era that we're in. Genesis explains the beginnings of many important realities. The universe, the earth, people, sin and God's plan of salvation. God teaches us that the earth is well made and it's good. People are special to God and they're unique. God creates and sustains all life. Now the second theme is the theme of disobedience. People are always facing great choices and disobedience occurs when people choose not, when they choose not to follow God's plan of living. Genesis explains why people are evil. They choose to do wrong. Even the great Bible heroes failed God and they disobeyed. All right, the third theme is sin. Simply put, sin ruins people's lives. It happens when we disobey God. Living God's way is what makes life productive and fulfilling. All right, the fourth theme. This theme is the theme of promises. God makes promises to help and protect people. These kinds of promises are called covenants. 
God kept his promises then and he keeps them now. He promises to love us. He promises to accept and forgive us. Now the fifth theme is obedience. The opposite of sin is obedience, obeying God. And when we do, it restores our relationship to him. The only way to enjoy the benefits of God's promises is to obey him. The sixth theme is prosperity. Prosperity is deeper uh, than more uh, material wealth. Uh, the prosperity and the fulfillment uh, that we read about in the Bible come because of obedience. When people obey God, they find peace with Him. They find peace with others, and we find peace with ourselves. And finally, the seventh theme. This is the theme of Israel. God started the nation of Israel to have dedicated people who keep His ways alive in the world and proclaim to the world what He's really like and prepare the world for the birth of Christ. God's looking for people today to follow Him, and we are to proclaim God's truth and to love all nations, not just our own. We must be faithful to carry out the mission that God has given us. Now, what, what can we expect to glean from this book? There's uh, many things that actually we could discuss, but I've included three topics to consider. The first thing that we can glean from this book is that Satan has a plan against us. Unlike God, he can't read your mind, but quite frankly, he doesn't have to because if allowed, uh, well, then he can wield tremendous influence over it. For instance, if he can create doubt, then he will cause you to question God's word and his goodness. If he can discourage you, well, then it will cause you to look at your problems rather than look to God. If he can divert your attention, it will cause the wrong things to seem attractive so that you will want them more than the right things. If he can make you feel defeated, it will cause you to feel like a failure so that you don't even try. And finally, if he can make you delay, well, then it will cause you to put off doing something so that it never, ever gets done. The second thing that we can glean has to do with the topic that a lot of people struggle with, the topic of the flood. What about you? You struggle with the idea of the flood? As if it really happened? Did it really happen? Did you know that the Bible isn't the only ancient document that talks about a great flood with, with a lone surviving family and a pairs of animals on board? In fact, there's several flood stories from many different cultures that have strikingly similar details to Noah's story that we read about in Genesis. The most famous of these flood stories is the longer epic of Gilgamesh. Now, this, is, this story tells of a boat coming to a rest on a mountain and the dispatch in succession of a dove, a swallow, and, and a raven, and then the occupants of the boat disembarking when the raven didn't return. The fact that all these different cultures trace their lineage back to a great hero who survived a great flood in a boat filled with animals. And, who only left after sending birds out from the top of a mountain is interesting. It's an interesting confirmation of the claim in Genesis uh, chapter 6 uh, through uh, 9 that there was indeed a great flood in ancient times. The third thing that we can glean has to do with another topic that many people struggle with, including a lot of Christians. This is the topic of evolution. Where do you stand on the topic of evolution? Now, the Bible itself does not discuss the subject of evolution, but its worldview assumes God created the world. The biblical view of creation is not in conflict with science. Rather, it conflicts with any worldview that starts without a creator. 
equally committed and sincere Christians have struggled with the subject of beginnings and have come to differing conclusions. This is to be expected because the evidence that we have is very old and sometimes quite fragmented due to the ravages of the ages. It's important polarizations and black and white thinking should be avoided and students of the Bible must be careful not to make the Bible say what it doesn't say. As well as students of science, they must not make science say what it doesn't say. The most important aspect of the continuing discussion is not the process of creation really, but the origin of creation. The world's not a product of blind chance and probability. God created it. The Bible not only tells us that the world was created by God, but more importantly, it tells us who this God is. It reveals God's personality, His character, and His plan for His creation. It also reveals God's deepest desire to relate to and to fellowship with the people that He created. God took the ultimate step toward fellowship with us through His historic visit to this planet in the person of His Son, Jesus Christ. We can know in a very personal way this God who created the universe. The book of Genesis begins with God created the heavens and the earth. Well, the heavens and the earth are here. We're here. God created all that we see and all that we experience. It is here that we're beginning the most exciting and fulfilling journey imaginable. Those discussions and many more await us as we seek to experience this Bible breakthrough. Listen, no matter where you are on this journey, be encouraged. I want you to know that there is hope. No matter how dark the world seems, God has a plan. No matter how insignificant or useless you might feel, God loves you and He wants to use you in His plan. No matter how sinful and separated from God you are, His salvation is available to you. I look forward to our next meeting together as we dive in uh, into the Holy Scriptures and we discover the first era called beginnings. My prayer is that you experience the powerful presence of God as you study His Word and begin to hear His loving voice. Also that you would know that He is for you, He's not against you, and that your desire for Him begins to, uh, for Him to obey begins to go, grow regardless of your circumstances. And finally, it is our desire to connect with you to be able to pray for you, pray with you. Now, if you'd like that, you can find our contact information along with an invitation to join our Insiders Club. What's the Insiders Club? Well, to find out more about it and the benefits that come with it, I'd like you to click on the episode notes for this uh, video or this audio. I want to thank you for tuning in. May God continue to bless you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to The Bible Breakthrough with Pastor David Engman and Scott Brecky. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and will join us again to learn more of the Bible from B.C. to A.D. We are a volunteer-driven ministry and rely on you to help us get the word out to the world. Please like this podcast on Facebook Share it to your page and continue to listen on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. This has been a broadcast of the Breakthrough Media Network.